0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A gorgeous young mom and her little girl, just four-year-old sailor, go missing. Where is Cassie? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. First of all, take a listen to our friends at WEAR-TV.
1: This is the woman, Cassie Carley. She was last seen on Sunday, Sunday night. We are in Navarre Beach. So right when you get off the bridge to the right, there's the boat ramp here. And we are told by a friend of hers that on Sunday, she was scheduled to meet up with the father of her daughter and to get her daughter, exchange custody, um, as any of you with uh, children in that situation, know how that works. They were supposed to meet here so she could get her daughter and was scheduled to go meet with her dad afterwards. Hours passed and she never showed up to her dad's house. Her dad was concerned, later received a text message saying that Cassie was having some sort of car and phone trouble. And then sometime later after that was when he had heard from the child's father saying that He thought she might be at the friend that I talked to's house, which that friend tells me is not true.
0: Joining me, an all-star panel to make sense of what we know regarding where is Cassie Carley. First of all, Sam Porter, her longtime friend uh, who is working very hard on finding her whereabouts. Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor, author of Red Flags, and hosted today with Dr. Wendy on KCBQ, Dr. Debbie Joffe Ellis, psychologist joining us, professor, Columbia University, and author, Robert Frechette joining us, detector with Rochester PD, from the Stratford County Family Justice Center, but first, straight out to Nicole Parton joining us, CrimeOnline.com, investigative reporter. You know, I'm not clear on when Cassie and her daughter, Sailor, exactly go missing. Could you... Please reconstruct what we know of that night. Sure, Nancy. So what we know
2: is that Cassie had um, been spotted, and we know her last whereabouts was around seven p.m. Sunday evening.
0: Seven p.m. Sunday evening, she's there at Navari Beach. Um, we know that she's. Well, wait a minute. When you say there at Navari Beach, she was out on the beach. She was no. at a shopping center. What? She was in a parking lot near a bar and grill, a little cafe
2: there, which is the spot where she had arranged to meet her daughter's father
0: so that they could exchange the child. Kind of a public place. Um, It's near a boat ramp. So she she was spotted in the parking lot. Is that correct? That's correct. Did she have the daughter sailor with her? those
2: reports are unclear there is no confirmation that anyone saw the child at that point
0: cassie katherine carley uh last seen in Navarre beach santa rosa county on sunday evening this according to what the local sheriff has to say
1: she was last seen almost four days now can you speak to whether that's concerning to keep going yet another day
3: with no sign of her oh yeah it's very concerning i mean you know and and we take everything seriously missing persons cases a lot of them you know we find the person everything's fine Um, but usually you don't go four days without hearing from them or them using a credit card or a cell phone or something and right as of now we have none of that so yeah we're concerned
1: so you can confirm that she's had no cell phone or credit card activity since Sunday
3: that we're aware of okay yeah and that's why we have you know we didn't just assign a detective our entire major crimes unit is working this so you've got 10 detectives that that's pretty much all they're doing right now is trying to locate Cassie.
0: So, Nicole Parton, we know she's in a parking lot, but we don't know if the little girl, Saylor, is with her or not. That's correct.
2: So there there is no confirmation that her daughter, Saylor, was with her at that point. There's no eyes that were laid on the child. So it's unclear if the daughter was there at that 7 o'clock meeting. Now, this
0: was on a Sunday night, correct? That's right. Sunday night, 7 p.m. To Robert Frechette joining us, Detective Rochester PD with the Stratford County Family Justice Center. Robert, again, thank you for being with us. Typically, a Sunday night, the crime rate goes down. Why is that?
4: there's a lot of factors that play into crime rates, correct? I mean, so, you know, from your experience as a prosecutor, um, you know, we'll have weekend days that are really busy and other days that, uh, um, in the middle of the week uh, that are also really busy and and vice versa. So crime rates are contingent upon the agenda of the person committing the crime, right? And so um, depending on who um, was seeking to harm this lady, assuming that's what's happened, uh, would depend on you know when they might look to engage in that behavior.
0: We see crime rates start rising on Thursdays. They go up on Fridays, they peak on Saturdays. Why? Think about it. People are not at work as much. They have the ability to drink and do drugs more so than they would during the week. They're not at work, so they're out on the roads more. They're out and about. And we also find crime rates going up in warm weather. Why? Because people are out and about. On Sunday nights, however, Sunday evenings, we find crime rates start going down a tiny bit. Why? Because people are getting ready for the next day at work. Wendy Patrick, it's been true from the get-go.
5: Yeah, that's true. And, you know, one of the other reasons crime rates go up is think about the potential victim pool that's available on weekends as opposed to during the week. True, you also have those people that are, you know, they're not at work, they're out, maybe they're drinking, they're under the influence, they're vulnerable. So you see a lot of reasons why it would peak over the weekend. But on Sunday night, things begin to calm down for all of the reasons that make it more dangerous over the weekend. So it is a bit
0: unusual to have something terrible happen on a Sunday night. I find it also interesting, Robert Fraschette joining me, detective from Rochester PD, who's certainly seen his share of crimes. Robert, if she were, had been taken in a parking lot, I mean, it has happened before and it will happen again. But That's a pretty open area for witnesses to observe what's happening.
4: Absolutely. Uh, that's And that's why people do these exchanges in public places because there are people around. And so we would hope that there would be a witness that would have seen uh, her or uh, whomever she was meeting um, if it was for a custody exchange and had seen a, a sailor as well.
0: You know, another thing that's good about it, though, back to Nicole Parton, I want to find out what, if anything, you know about the particular parking lot. What was the what was the name of the shopping center? Do you know, Nicole? Um It's not a shopping center per se, but it's at the boat ramp
2: there at navarre beach so the boat ramp is there a couple of restaurants are what's there. the name of the restaurant um it's it's the want grill and it's right by the by the boat dock um it's a popular little destination for boaters coming in and out to grab a bite to eat and also seven o'clock at night the boats are starting to come in they've been enjoying a day out on the on the water seven o'clock we're getting dusky here in florida and so those boats are coming in so i would anticipate there's a lot happening in that parking lot. A lot of people starting their dinner and a lot of boaters pulling out of that boat ramp. So there's a lot of foot traffic and a lot of things happening there where she was last seen.
0: I'm looking at a shot of Juana. It's spelled like Juan. the name, J-U-A-N-A. Juana Pagoda's and Sailor's Grill, Navarre's oldest family-owned and operated restaurant and bar. And... It's right on the water, you're right. And it's a series, it looks like little pagoda houses, is what it looks like, and with thatched roofs. And the selling point is that you sit out and look out at the water, it's right on the water. And you can see the marina with jet skis and boats there, the point I'm making is at 7 o'clock at night, Um, Jackie, could you look up for me if the sun has set? What time the sun set on March 27? Everything matters. Why do I care about what time the sun set on March 27? Well, Wendy Patrick, you know, you're a, a prosecutor because I want to find out if any eyewitnesses could see anything. Now, this is a, a a fairly big restaurant and grill. Um, I imagine the parking lot would have to have surveillance cameras. So, Jackie, what time is the sunset? 7.04. 7.04, sunset. So it's getting dark. It's getting dark, but still at that time in Florida, I think you'd be able to see fairly well. Wendy Patrick, this matters. Wendy, I'm sure you've tried cases, as have I, and Robert Prechette, You know what we're talking about. I mean, this is actually codified, codified, written in the law, uh, ways to attack an eyewitness that you bring on to trial. You look, did they wear glasses? Was their vision impaired? Were they in a spot that made such a view possible? For instance, I got into crime scenes and I've got an eyewitness and I wanna find out, could they really see what they saw? No where they're standing versus where the crime occurred, there'll be like a huge hedge or a building for Pete's sake. So you have to go to the scene in order to put a case like this together. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace Wendy Patrick and Robert Frechette, I'll start with you, Wendy. I want to find out, could anybody see at 7 o'clock at night on March 27 in Navarre, Florida, could they see in that parking lot what happened to this mother and daughter, Cassie Curley, and her little girl, Sailor?
5: That's exactly right. One of the very first things you do is recreate the scene, and that's why we want to get out there as soon as possible. The beauty of dates and times and sun rising and setting is the judge can take what's called judicial notice of that. In other words, he can tell the jury this is when it's set, and it's not a disputed fact. But that doesn't tell the whole story, because you have to
0: know what kind of obstructions might have been there. Was there a canopy? I've got another problem for you. Guess what? What They've got a sand floor that's great for dancing with live music. You know why I'm not happy about that, Robert Frechette? I'm not happy because if somebody's sitting in there and live music is playing, they're not gonna hear somebody scream out in the parking lot. They're not gonna hear a four-year-old girl yell, mommy, that's not gonna happen, Frechette. That's right. I was expecting a little more than that's right. I'm talking about ear witnesses, ear witnesses. They're important. Okay, here's a great example. To Dr. Debbie Jaffe Ellis, psychologist joining us from Columbia, Dr. Debbie, everyone will recall, if you're at all a legal eagle, if you haven't been living under a rock in a cave, that the timeline and the OJ Simpson murder trial started when neighbors heard, as they described, their words, not mine, a plaintive wail of Nicole Brown's dog and they had never heard it like that, much less at that time. And they heard it, their ears pricked up, and didn't really think anything of it. That actually was used to start a timeline in many people's minds. So you hear somebody scream out in the parking lot, you go back and find out who was there at Juan's Pagodas that night at seven o'clock by the receipts, and you say, did you hear anything? If they've got live music blaring, we're basically screwed. So ear witnesses and what people hear, Dr. Debbie Jaffe-Ellis, can be
6: as important sometimes as what they see. Yes, what you say, Nancy, is very true, assuming if in this particular situation someone wailed or screamed out. But from what I gather, we don't know if that's the case. What if the mother, at the point that she moved away from the car, was appearing to do so willingly. What if she didn't scream? So yes, it's true. That would be great evidence if it happened, but do you know if that happened? I don't. Did I don't know scream? anything yet because yeah.
0: nobody heard anything. Right. But okay, you know, Freshette, I gave you the bad news about the live music. Here's the good news. It's Wednesday through Saturday. Okay. So maybe somebody did hear something. Here's another problem. They have apparently I'm learning a lot from their website They apparently have beach rentals, and they have night-lit volleyball courts that run March through November. So, more bad news. There are people out there playing volleyball. The people in the restaurant are looking out at that, and hearing that, it started in March. She goes missing from the parking lot March 27, so we're back at square one yet again nicole parton do you have any idea i mean certainly they've got surveillance videos right um the police are being tight-lipped about that that was a question that was asked by several
2: reporters and no one knows the answer to that one would imagine and one would imagine that there's surveillance um down by that boat ramp um because we have wildlife officials and we have people who are who are usually surveilling those boat ramps
0: good point 24 7. really Really good point, Nicole Parton. Remember, that's how really the truth came out about Scott Peterson. That idiot got caught at the marina. Uh, Security saw him coming in and out. He had to go through a, a, a parking entrance to get his boat into the marina. Remember, he said he was playing golf, and then somebody at the marina ID'd him. He went, "Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't golf. I was fishing. Now I remember. And lo and behold, that's where Lacey and Connor's body turned up. Guys, there's another issue to be examined. Let me go to you, Wendy Patrick, and then I'll back it up with Frechette and Dr. Debbie. You've got not only the disappearance of a mother, but her daughter. It's one thing to wrestle uh, an unarmed woman into your car. It's another thing to wrestle two people into your car, one being a four-year-old little girl and the other the mother. That's a whole other can of worms, Wendy Patrick. Oh, absolutely. And it's also a whole other scene that would be memorable to witnesses. And,
5: you know, this is one of the reasons that child exchanges in public places, it's a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it's safer because there's lots of people around. On the other hand, if there's lots of people around and they're distracted, they're dancing, there's music, they may be less inclined to pay attention, but not when there's a child involved all of our antennae go up when we see a struggle between not just a man and a woman but there's a child involved as well so that would almost increase the likelihood of there being more witnesses
0: you are so right robert frechette Uh, i i don't know if you're a dad or not but ever since i gave birth to the twins when i hear a child scream or cry or yell out mommy it's like it's like an electric jolt goes through my body so what Wendy is saying is correct. When you hear a child scream, it's different from when you hear an adult raise their voice. That would have attracted a lot of attention had the kidnapping gone down in this parking lot, shit
4: That's correct. And we, you know, we we would listen for, you know, people to share stories about something that they heard or something along those lines. But but this begs the question: Are we talking about somebody? who was initially going unwillingly or not it was there really a struggle was this someone that the two of them knew and trusted and then something happened after that not in no longer in the parking lot
6: Mm
4: -hmm. um so we're going to talk to you know was there an argument or was there something that sort of stood out about two cars showing up uh something a discussion perhaps going on and then one car leaving and the other one remaining there or did somebody come back and get that other car if that was the case so there's a lot of pieces that we want to try to pull together As you a
0: lot of wrinkles a yeah. lot of wrinkles <laughs> uh robert freshet guys take a listen to our cut to this is olivia iverson with wear
1: i talked to sam porter she's the woman who organized the search happening here this afternoon she's holding out hope they'll find cassie safe
7: it was devastating, you know, that gut instinct of the um, the reality of the situation and worst case scenario possibility and all indicators pointing uh, to a worst case scenario ending.
1: A few things to note here tonight. The sheriff's office did tell me that they are also searching for the child there. They say this is a multi-agency effort. They couldn't tell me which agencies, but the Florida Department of Law Enforcement did confirm that they are also assisting in this investigation. As far as the people here tonight, I'm told they are planning to have a prayer vigil right here. This is right by the Navarre Beach water tower at around 645 right when the sun goes down.
0: How can you identify Cassie Carley? Take a listen hour cut D, our friends at CrimeOnline.com. Cassie
8: Carley is 37 years old, 5 feet 5 inches tall and weighs 150 pounds. She has shoulder length blonde hair and blue eyes. She also has distinctive tattoos. She has a tribal mark on her lower back and a matching tattoo with her sister. Ryan Carly tells Dateline that their father has a big tattoo of a lizard. So to honor him, the sisters got lizard tattoos of their own on their feet. She says when they put their feet side by side, the lizards form a heart. Inside the heart in her father's handwriting is L-U-A, which is short for Love You Always.
0: You know, tattoos are significant, but these not so much. And I'll tell you why. That This This girl is stunning. She is beautiful with a million-dollar smile, of course. I may be looking at something that's a glamour shot, but she's really a pretty girl. Uh, The tattoos, they're not going to help me much, And, and I'll tell you why. To you, Nicole Parton, I understand that one is on her lower back, so she'd have to have on a swimsuit or a midriff top to see that and turn her back to you. And the other one is on her foot that's not really helping me.
2: Right, that's correct. So both of those are kind of out of sight. You know, it's not something that would be visible, like you said, unless, unless you saw her barefooted or in a sandal or unless you saw the back of her. But it's not something that would be visible from the eye, especially across the parking lot.
0: What do we know about that night, March 27, 7 p.m., As you see, you have to look at everything from the location. Were there lights in the parking lot? Had the sun set? Was there music playing? Were people out and about in that parking lot? Not a shopping center, more of a boat dock. Um, Take a listen to our friend's. At
1: it was right here in this parking lot earlier this morning where the Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office says their deputies found Cassie's car right behind me. But as of tonight, still no sign of Cassie. Some friends and community members have been here nearly all afternoon looking for her. You can see some of those people right there over my shoulder. Those friends say that Cassie was scheduled to meet here on Sunday night around 7 o'clock to exchange custody with the father of her daughter that was set for seven o'clock. Cassie's dad, I'm told, was expecting her that night, but she never showed up. Friends say her dad received texts hours later from Cassie's phone saying she had phone and car trouble. I talked to Sam Porter. She's the woman who organized the search happening here this afternoon. She claims the child's father claimed Cassie went to Sam's house, which Sam tells me isn't true.
0: So where did she go? What do we know about Cassie, the missing mom? What do we know about Sailor, her four year old girl that also disappeared the very same night? Take a listen to our cut A, our friends from crime online.
8: Sisters, Cassie and Rayanne Carley, were born in Louisiana, but spent the majority of their childhood in the Florida panhandle. Rayanne tells Dateline that her sister is fun and outgoing and always laughing. But most of all, Cassie Carly is a daddy's girl. There is a five-year age difference between the girls, but they're still close. Since their mother worked, Cassie, the older of the two, became a mother figure in the household, leading Rianne to tell Dateline that Cassie was born maternal. And when Cassie had her own child, she loved being a mother. Then we find out that
0: the schedule was broken that night. And I find this very interesting. You know, we were talking earlier about routine evidence, what people do uh, as a matter of habit. Take a listen to our friends from crime online.
8: Rayanne Carlisle says Cassie was living with her father while she was between jobs. Cassie Carly had been working at a paddleboard shop. Paddleboarding is a favorite hobby, but despite the passion, Carly had just started a new job as a lead server. Rayanne tells Dateline that her sister texted her during her first shift saying things were going well. Carly was also dealing with custody issue with Sailor's father. The two shared custody with drop-offs happening every other weekend. The mother and father now live in different Florida cities, so to make the custody exchange reasonable, they would meet in the middle, at a Walmart in Destin. But on Sunday, March 27th, there was a last-minute change. The pair decided to meet around 7 p.m. at Navarre Beach, about a mile or so from where Cassie was living.
0: Interesting. That the location of the custody switch, the drop-off, was changed at the last minute. We also know that the new spot was only a mile from where Carly was living. Now, we understand that night that uh, she was to meet, her father fell asleep. He had been told she'd be home later. He woke up at 10.45. Cassie and Sailor were not at home. Why? The calls to her phone go straight to voicemail. He did get texts saying that she was having phone and car troubles. The next day, Carly's still not home, and Dad calls police. Joining me right now is a very special guest. It's Sam Porter, a very dear friend of Cassie Carly. Sam, thank you for being with us.
7: Thank you so much, Nancy, for having us on here. Uh, your presence is greatly appreciated and highly valued among us that are out here on the ground searching for Cassie.
0: Sam, when did you first realize that Cassie is missing?
7: I was first uh, informed of Cassie's uh, missing on Monday evening at approximately six thirty pm I had just re- uh, arrived at home uh, from from work and received a private message on uh, Facebook uh, asking if I was Cassie's friend, Sam. And I responded to the message and was notified by a mutual friend that uh, Cassie had reported that, Mark, or Marcus, that Marcus reported that he dropped Cassie at my home. And she was inquiring if Cassie was with me. Um, when she started to give me the details of uh, the text message, that my heart just absolutely sank, and immediately thought that Marcus has done something with Cassie.
0: Well, let me ask you this: What did the text message say that made your heart sink?
7: the The initial information that I received was that Cassie did not return home from the meeting to exchange custody with Marcus that her father received um, a suspicious message approximately three hours after the meeting time was supposed to take place and he was unable to make contact with her or she, he was unable to make contact on her cell phone um, at, from that point forward. He began contacting Marcus to inquire of her whereabouts and exactly what happened. He didn't receive a response from Marcus until approximately mid-afternoon on Monday. And when he did, it was a very lengthy rant. He began rambling on and on about um, Cassie acting crazy. Um, He mentioned, again, the car having mechanical issues and her cell phone not working. And then um, he stated that she was acting so crazy that he took her to my residence. And her father messaged back, you mean Sam? And he said, yes. And then uh, Cassie's father said, Sam no longer lives in Destin. And then he immediately changed his story to, well, she was acting so crazy that I was not going to expose Sailor to that behavior, and I, quote-unquote, put Cassie out in the middle of nowhere. Okay.
0: I don't like it when people change their stories. Um, now... It could be argued he was going to your house and then her behavior got so bizarre he dropped her off out in the middle of nowhere. That's a real stretch. And in the midst of all of this, we're still looking for four-year-old Sailor. Sam, let me understand something. When Cassie was going to meet there at Juan's Grill, was she picking up
7: or... Dropping off Sailor with Dad. She was scheduled to pick up Sailor. Cassie maintains 75% custody and Marcus has 25%, meaning that he uh, has legal custody of Sailor only every other week, Friday evening to Sunday evening. In their written court order, the scheduled um, legal location for them to exchange custody is in the Destin Walmart parking lot that is a very populated area and very well lit. And over the last several weeks since he was served with a court order to pay child support in arrears, he has started creating this scenario of, I'm gonna be the nice guy. Cassie lived in Navarre, so to go to Destin was quite a stretch for her, especially in tourist season traffic. 12 miles in tourist season's gonna to take you an hour to make that drive. So he, he, he baited her to come to this area under the guise that he was doing her a favor.
0: There has been a, a, a long-standing custody problem between cassie and the ex take a listen to our cut six crime online
3: according to cassie carley she filed for sole custody of sailor in 2019 the court allowed spanovello bimonthly visitation and ordered him to pay child support cassie claims spanovello owes over ten thousand dollars in back child support she further claims when florida was preparing to suspend his driver's license over the child support delinquency he called cps to report another claim against her Due to this claim, Spanavella was allowed to pick up Sailor for his regularly scheduled weekend visit. Cassie claims for the next two weeks she had no contact with her daughter, had no knowledge of where her daughter was, and she sought out help from several agencies to get Sailor back. It was this situation that led to her sister setting up a GoFundMe to help raise money to hire an attorney to take the custody fight back to court to prevent something like this from happening again.
0: stories with Nancy Grace. With me is Sam Porter, Cassie Carley's dear friend. Um, I'm trying to figure out exactly, I I know there's a custody problem brewing. Is it correct that he actually kept the baby for two full weeks and did not let her have contact when she's the one that has sole
7: physical custody? Absolutely, that's correct, Nancy. Not only did he keep her away it was it it appeared as though he was at that time attempting to flee the country to brazil with sailor we were unable to locate sailor cassie was in her own efforts sharing on social media Um, it seemed as though no one was taking her seriously she filed multiple police reports and what we came to learn is that At that time, that particular situation, he had taken um, Saylor to a location in Alabama. So, it complicated the situation um, in efforts to, once we knew where she was, to be able to, for Cassie to be able to go and and get her daughter.
0: So he actually crossed the state lines with the baby, which I'm sure is against custody, any and all custody agreements. He took the baby across state lines? Absolutely. Let me advise everyone that the bio dad of Sailor, Marcos Spanavello, a Brazilian national, is not named a suspect. Not named a suspect. Now, in the middle of All of this, Nicole Parton, the baby is found. Explain. That's right.
2: So um, the police department released a statement confirming that they had a lead and they followed that lead. And they, quote, went out and laid eyes on the child, put eyes on the child to make sure she was safe. They wanted to verify and see her with their own eyes. They did not disclose where they saw her but they did confirm that the child was safe and that they had laid eyes on her.
0: Sam Porter, uh, very dear friend of missing mom, Cassie Carley, So praise heaven, baby Sailor is alive and well, but her location should give us some clue
7: as to where we should look for Cassie. Where was Sailor found? Absolutely. So, we initially were focusing our efforts in the location of where Cassie's car was found. Our search area has broadened now from Navarre into Panama City, uh, Pensacola, and every highway and byway between here and Jefferson County, Alabama. So we know for certain we don't have an exact city nor address or that has not been disclosed to us we can confirm that that sailor that her well her welfare has been checked as far as being using the word safe i would not use that term because marcus still maintaining legal custody can go and at free will and not be able to be um, detained by police at this point, take possession of Sailor again and run with her again.
0: Well, I mean, he's done it before. Absolutely. He's left and, ta- according to you, he's taken her before to Alabama. Do you know where in Alabama he had her
7: before the little baby? It was in the, we know that, Approximate area where he was, and it's all in the Jepper- Which Jefferson is County, County Alabama. Of Jefferson County, guys. It, it
0: sounds like a, a big distance, but actually, where we're talking about Navarre Beach, uh, Santa Rosa County, Pensacola, Destin, Fort Walton—that is the Panhandle. It's one of the most beautiful sugar beaches in the world. When we say he took the baby to Alabama. Alabama is also on the panhandle. It uh, the panhandle on the interior of Florida curves around. So when you say he left Florida, and went to Alabama, it may not be that far. What's the county seat? Birmingham. Okay, so that is further. Birmingham from Santa Rosa County is much further than something, for instance, like Op or Enterprise or Hey Cody. Um, so that is a much further drive um, Nicole Parton do you have any information about how the baby was found did you say a tip um, the police department says um, that they were given at the
2: through the entire investigation that they were led to believe that the child was not in danger they did not disclose what led them to believe that but they say that The track they followed, they went out for themselves to lay eyes on the child, and they did, and they made sure she was safe.
0: That's the police department's quote. Sam Porter, do you know that baby Sailor is
7: not with Cassie's dad? I can confirm that, yes. Uh, Sailor is not currently in Florida with family nor friends. Are you saying she's in Alabama? Sailor is still in Alabama, and we are working very closely with our local sheriff's department and a private attorney to file all the necessary paperwork to obtain a court order to get her back. Um, that's now that process is now three days in the works. We started that process immediately on Monday, and we are now the the delay in that is. We are dealing with multiple jurisdictions and a slow court process. Um, while our natural minds can't, we can't grasp that and it's frustrating, we are taking all the legal steps to do this correctly.
0: If you know or think you know anything about the whereabouts about this gorgeous young mom, Cassie Carley. Tip line is 850-437-STOP, 850-437-7867, or you can text star, star, tips, T-I-P-S. To Dr. Debbie Jaffe Ellis, psychologist, professor, Columbia University, and author, Dr. Debbie, I'm very concerned, and I'll tell you why. I'm concerned because taking a child away from the mother who has primary custody, fiscal custody, and keeping the child away for two weeks that is unauthorized is tortuous and cruel to the mother. And it makes me concerned what else this dad might do to the mother.
6: Yeah, you're right to be concerned. I mean, it's highly likely that he's feeling entitled. He may be feeling enraged uh, and, you know, intense anger like that can lead to impulsive, irrational behavior. If um, Kathy has been dumped, who knows where, we have to hope that she has enough Uh, food, water, warmth to sustain her. But, um, yeah, I, I trust that the father will be thoroughly questioned and watched because there is potential for him to act out in a more irrational, rageful way. You know,
0: again, no one has been named as a suspect in the disappearance of young mom Cassie Curley. To Robert Frechette joining us, Custody issues are so volatile. Agree or disagree?
4: Oh, I agree 100%. Uh, they are some of the, uh, the biggest catalysts for some uh, bad behavior, um, especially when a decision is made that's not in the uh, abuser's uh, best interest in their mind. Uh, then perhaps their agenda changes and uh, their need for controlling that narrative and controlling that situation goes to a dangerous level.
0: You know, Robert Frechette, um, one of my very best girlfriends, is a defense lawyer. She's a dope lawyer. She says she would rather represent a drug lord than get in the middle of a divorce where custody is at issue because they, one or the other party will totally drive by your house in the middle of the night and take a shot at the lawyer. Like the lawyer's got something to do with keeping the children away from the parents. I mean, it is a highly volatile issue. We often hear of cops going to break up a domestic or a custody problem, getting shot, a completely third party. They've never met, get shot. It's a very, very incendiary issue. This brings to mind another case that we covered out of Florida. She's often been called the people, People's Court Mom, take a listen to our friend Matt Gutman with ABC News, our Cut 5. Parker
3: was last seen around 2 p.m. Thursday, dropping her kids off at Smith's home. At about 4 p.m., her brother received a short text from her, but she never showed up for her 6 p.m. bartending shift. Her iPhone last pinged at a cell phone tower at 8 p.m., then total silence. At this point, her 11-year-old calls his grandmother, Yvonne Stewart, to ask, Where's mom? And her son called and said,
2: is mom at the salon? We're like, no honey, she went to drop off the babies. She should be home. She should be taking a nap. She goes, well, I haven't seen her since I got home from school.
3: On Friday, police found her Black Hummer near an Orlando mall she rarely visited. And on Sunday, they searched her ex-fiance's home at a nearby field. Has she ever disappeared before? Never. Has she ever not called or taken no. a few hours just to no. be by herself? Yeah. No. Parker's mother, Yvonne Stewart, has been desperately searching for her daughter for four days now.
0: In that case, Michelle Parker has never been found. She was last known to be dropping off her children with the ex. In that case, uh, there has been no progress. To Sam Porter, a very dear friend of Cassie Carley's, Cassie's car was found right there at the pickup spot.
7: No, that is not correct. The original spot was at Juana's Patagonia's uh, Grill. It's a a smaller parking area, very well lit. We have confirmation um, from um, citizen and witnesses that Marcus Sanavello parked in the rear parking lot uh, which has boat access and no lighting. He actually backed his trailer, 30-foot trailer, so the doors of that trailer were, were facing the sand dunes and concealed. When Cassie arrived, we have witnesses that report and confirm that Cassie parked facing his vehicle, and that area is completely dark it is nearly impossible to see much more than shapes and shadows so her car then was found there at wands that's it was found in the rear parking lot so it's actually probably um a little less than a, a quarter mile from the actual restaurant that's a very unusual
0: spot for a pickup and drop off Again, the tip line is 850-437-STOP, 850-437-7867. Please help us find Cassie Marley. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend.